Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Dr. Françoise Tibica, a research chemist who for the past 10 years has headed a research program on energy at the Institute of Chemistry of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Born in Algiers and raised in Paris, she moved to Israel in 1968 and has been doing research in chemistry, either in the university or in industry, for most of her professional life. Françoise has always had a lively interest in the relationship of mind to matter. She studied with the famed spiritual master and healer Colette Aboulker Muscat for 13 years and continues to pursue interests in spirituality and mental imagery. Today, we're going to discuss her book, Molecular Consciousness, Why the Universe is Aware of Our Presence. Welcome, Francoise. I'm delighted you could join us from Jerusalem. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me, Miriam, and uh, I feel uh, very uh, happy to be uh, given this opportunity to present my book. Well, it was, it was a fascinating book. It's a small book. Um, but um, I found, I guess it's the nerd in me. It's 80% introduction to the fundamentals of chemistry and physics and um, 20% raising the most intriguing questions about the consciousness of molecules. So let's dive in. First of all, I would like to know how, as a scientist for over 30 years, you were inspired to look beyond the microscope into the greater mystery of the universe, and specifically into the connection between mind and matter. Well, I can say that uh, I have uh, begun to study chemistry because my mind was uh, floating uh, on the spaces that I uh, was afraid of. So uh, I wanted to ground myself, and uh, I have... Um, a father who uh, learned Kabbalah and who spoke a lot of Kabbalah at home. And uh, I was taken into these worlds which uh, were uh, scary and unknown, so I wanted to have my feet ground and therefore I went to study uh, science. And chemistry was one option which I took. <laughs> How fascinating. And uh... At what point did you um, meet up with um, Colette um, Albuquerque Muscat? Oh, Colette, I, I was born in Algeria, and uh, Colette uh, belonged to a very famous uh, family in Algeria, where there were many rabbis and, uh, and later on many very famous uh, medical doctors. Uh, Algeria was a very, very uh, developed uh, city, and uh, all the who is who in Paris were coming to Algiers to meet other people. And uh, uh, Colette was living in this atmosphere, and my parents, were which are both from Algiers, knew the family, and, 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 and they knew her. Mm-hmm. So my uh, relationship with her started much long ago, and then... When I came to Jerusalem, I I, um, I knew she she was someone special, but I uh, never knew how how much mm-hmm. until uh, you know 
I cannot say coincidence because I don't believe there is such a thing, but I was brought into her house many, many years after I heard about her family and uh, and we moved to Paris and so on. Anyhow, so I ended up in her house and, and uh, she took me as a student. She told me, oh, I just have a, a place, which wasn't true. This is the way she was choosing her students. She said, oh, I just have a, a, a student coming out, going out, you can, you can take her place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started and I was fascinated. She knew I would be because she knew how to recognize people from very far. <laughs> so that's it. And, but I continue. This was exactly at the end of my PhD. And she said, well, you're grown up enough now. You have a PhD, so you can study with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the story. Now, your book um, lays the the foundation for an understanding of where you're going. I, I, I must say that you very masterfully built an edifice layer by layer to bring the reader uh, into the world of the molecule. Now, unfortunately, we don't have that much time. So can you give us a kind of a, a tip of the iceberg tour of the world of the atom and molecule and set the scene for us of how um, you came to the conclusions you came? Well, uh, everything is made of molecules, everything. And uh, these molecules which are, well, let's start differently. The whole world is made from matter and energy. That's all we have in this world and void in between. And uh, matter is made of hundreds of, of, of uh, building blocks which are called atoms. Everything you see all around you are made of atoms. I call them the inhabitants of the, of the universe. There is no one else, only these atoms. And everything you see is made of this atom in different combinations. Atom can bind, this is their property. They can bind and, and the bonds between the atoms transform them. I give the example of a chloride atom. A chlor- so, so I want to say that uh, these atoms are, are, uh, are familiar, some of them are familiar to us and they are uh, written in the periodic table. These are the only inhabitants. Of course, there are many of its kind, but there is only uh, uh, 100 kind. And, no, we, uh, we call them elements, right? Yeah, we call them the elements. You have oxygen, right. carbon, oxygen. Anyhow, so, so iron, cobalt, these are all the elements of the universe. And these elements have characters. How do we know they have characters? Because they, they bind together but they have a social life. They don't bind to any to uh, 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 an iron atom wouldn't bind to any other atom. He has his preferences, and and these are the con- the, the how things are constructed around us. This, uh, the wood, the plastic, and even our body is made of these atoms. This is uh, 
the most important point here to realize that we are made of these atoms. We are nothing else but these atoms. And the question is now, what is the difference between a living being and, and, and matter? So we go back to the rules of these atoms. Is there any space for a, a rule that is specific to life? So we're going to try to look into this book for such a rule. But let's go back to the, to the atoms. Uh, the atoms bind together and form uh, compounds. But when they do that, they change partners in order for, uh, for uh, two molecules to react and, and, and uh, become something else. They have to, uh, to react. And in this reaction, there is a flow of energy. So the first thing to remember is that the difference between uh, inert matter and, and life is connected to the energy flow within these structures. Mm -hmm. Then I give the three laws that are directing this energy. First of all, the first law says that energy is not created, neither lost. Energy cannot disappear. It's here. We are in a closed system in a way. Energy cannot go out and cannot come in. We are, uh, and this is the first law of energy. Energy cannot be lost in our world. The, these are the fundamental laws of thermodynamics, yes? Yes, yes. And, and the second law is that it cannot be lost, but it can be dispersed it can be uh, put in such a way that you cannot use it anymore. Like uh, when uh, you, uh, you make um, uh, a sculpture out of wood, if you don't, uh, you have to, to make, a, in order to have a shape and to, to do work with this wood, you have to lose all the crumbs around, otherwise you cannot have any creation. So um, the importance in the reaction is the flow of energy. And the second law tells you that whatever you do, whatever you do, if you want to make order and to have a creation, you have to invest energy. And this is a difference between life and inert matter. Life is... Uh, 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 a, a way to 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 invest energy, mm -hmm. and in order to invest this energy to make orders. For instance, what why do we need energy for? If we take like uh, two molecules around us and we bind them together, um, we have to invest energy to do that. And you know, and and we make. In, in, in such a way, we make order in the molecules. So and would you say that, that you need energy just to create a change of state? A, sta a, a change of state that goes into a, a more ordered um, structure. Mm -hmm. Coherence, yes? Yes. Yes. Um, I have to say that... Um, 
that notion where you talk about coherence versus entropy, where yeah. entropy is what you said is the um, the tendency uh, to disorganization, to dispersion, yeah. and coherence is when you are coming together in in a purposeful way to create something um, yeah. in particular life and yeah. and you you need uh, to feed the process with energy in order to move from um, the the disorganized state to the organized state yeah um, I thought that was the most one of the most powerful metaphors for all of uh, the the conduct of life, um, whether it's uh, our health or our thinking, um, where you, you because you said we're either moving into coherence or we're moving out of coherence into entropy. Yeah, and when you look at our lives, that you can use that as a litmus test for what serves our best purpose versus what doesn't. I thought that was yes. fabulous. Yes, of course. Yes, but it is the same for molecules because the difference between an inert matter and, and a living system, they are in motion and they take energy and they make order. But in order to, to, to be able to use this energy, you have to get it for some, for, from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Life is an exchange. It gives up energy to make order. It pays like a tax, you know. You pay a tax to the universe. And because in the, in the molecular world, energy is like money for us. Mm -hmm. So when you make order, you pay energy. However, in order you, you have your bank account that is going uh, uh, out if you don't make uh, money in. And to make money in, you take energy from the outside. You take energy from food, you take energy from light, you get energy from uh, what else? I don't know. But you Air, take water, food, mm -hmm. oxygen. Light, yeah. Matter, food. So, so, so this is the way you, you gain energy, and, and this is something that inert matter doesn't have. The, 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 the chair you're sitting on is not taking energy from the outside. Mm -hmm. If you don't take this energy, if you stay with your chair, and you do like your chair, you don't eat, you don't drink, very soon you will be like your chair. Mm -hmm. Dead. Dead. <laughs> Your molecules will follow their their own rules. The rules I just described more or less clearly. Now, how do molecules decide that they um, want to connect? Ah, this is a the question. <laughs> well, in our body. So, so, so uh, we, we've. Uh, I, I hope it's clear that uh, any molecules have, in fact, two possibilities: to go to 
and, and, and lose its energy because no order is made. So it goes to, to more and more chaos. Or to take the energy and to, to make something that is more organized. And uh, when we, 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 so inert matter has no choice. It doesn't have the choice we have. In our body, part of our molecules are going to this chaos because we are we are uh, giving out uh, uh, solids, liquids, uh, transpiration. So we are we are part of us is dying every 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 second, but we can refill. And inert matter doesn't have this choice. So we can say very roughly that in a in a living being. Molecules have two directions, and the big question now is who rules them? Who decides? And how to, to choose? Well, how? How would you tell your molecules to go to, to, to life? Mm -hmm. Well, I read the book, so I know the answer. <laughs> what? I read well, the book, so I know the answer, but you lead us to it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there is another aspect of the book which binds, let's say, uh, let's say that um, some of your molecules are going to, to chaos and some of them are going to life. Now, I try to explain in the book that emotions also come from matter. We used to, we had this tendency to think that emotions belongs to the world of metaphysics, to a world that we cannot touch and we cannot really control. But in fact, emotion comes from matter. For instance, I give an example of a, of a painting. What is the difference between a, a drawing of a kid and a, a, a portrait from Picasso? It's the same, let's say they, they've used the same pencil, the same layer, maybe the same weight of molecules. So what happened? So the emotion comes from matter. Well, the emotion is inspired by matter or by the interaction of the senses with matter. I think that uh, emotion, if, if I would be uh, very pictorial, but uh, of course there is nothing scientist in it, but only uh, an intuition, I would say that emotion is like uh, um, a, a matter at a very, very, very low density, which penetrates us. And since uh, according to uh, quantum physics, matter is actually not little grains that we can imagine, but is made of waves. This was the big, big, big revolution of quantum physics, the, the physics which uh, made uh, Newton fall from his uh, Olympus, in a way. <laughs> was that there is no such thing like a solid body. There are only waves. Yes, you, you point out that an atom is 99.9 .9 to the 12th percent empty. Yeah, yeah. And, very, 
and, and, and then it, it has been uh, it has been shown that it's empty, but it, the the little the little nucleus is it itself is not a is not a solid. It's a wave. Mm -hmm. Electrons that are uh, moving in this, in this empty space of the atoms are waves. We are waves moving in the void. You you describe information as being stored in wave packets. So yeah. what is a wave packet? Well, the wave packet, first of all, I am not the, 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 the only one who say that uh, information is in the wave packet. This is known, this is quantum physics and quantum uh, chemistry. But what, what, uh, I, how I see it is that Imagine that uh, you are you are a wave. You are a bundle of waves, a lot of waves. You are not matter. You are waves, and you move. And you not only you move, but you interfere. This is the the issue. You interfere. You interfere. Uh so you You're know, using that in the scientific sense. Perhaps you could explain what what an interference pattern is. Well, let's say you have uh, imagine that you have uh, two uh, two waves. Now you can put. Let's say you are doing what uh, uh, one, one, one uh, yeah, like with three peaks, three peaks. Okay, mm -hmm. the wave three peaks. One, one up and two down. And now you take another wave and exactly the same and you put one on the other. So they can either totally uh, match or they can be totally out of phase. When one is down, the other is up. So when they match, it's called uh, constructive interference. And when it is... Uh, Exactly, and the opposite, it destroyed each other, and it's called uh, 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 incoherence. Or destructive, right. right. Yeah. So it can either increase the amplitude or double the amplitude or That's cancel it. it out. This is called an interference uh, pattern phenomenon. So you're saying that... Um, we are uh, kind of holographically very complex interference patterns of many different wave functions coming sure. together in the place that is us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our brain um, could function like a holographic plate, which received all these waves that are around and is making a picture for us of what the world is. Like uh, like you would do with a with a telephone, or, or yeah, a telephone. It, it receives wave, waves and it gives us a sound, and our brains receive waves and it gives us a three dimension image plus uh, sound plus smell plus colors plus plus what? This is a question. I believe that in this in this. Um, uh, reaction 
that uh, are transmitted to our brain through our senses. Our senses are like the five doors of, of our being to the universe. This is how we react and we respond to the universe through our five senses, nothing else. So when, when our brain receives uh, these waves, he builds a picture, he builds a world, but it is our brain which mm -hmm. builds the world. And, and I believe that our emotional world is also built from this interpretation of our brain Now, there must be some distinction between the the kind of picture that is painted and the interpretation of the picture. And I think you're you're suggesting that the mediation is is emotion. Yeah. So you know we we either think it's good or bad. where Where does all of this kind of emotional information get stored, do you think? Or this is stored in our genes, I think, but it can change our gene. I don't know actually. Our brain, in, 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 in some patterns of our brain, this is much more accurate. And, and this comes from our childhood, you know. It's like uh, this photographic plate that I was uh, uh, telling you was uh, printed from our childhood. Mm -hmm. with our traumas, which are making the most profound and difficult uh, path to erase. But so you're saying that our brain is, um, is the primary storage medium for our experiences. Is that yeah. correct? And so when we, when we get information, we're referencing it against stored information and comparing it. And then we either have a positive or a negative reaction. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, you've done a lot of studies of imagery. How do they feed into your understanding of this process? Well, through imagery, if you don't, uh, the, the, the most important in imagery is not to think not to put your mind, to let your body react to an image that is given. And uh, this image might be like uh, a traffic light to the, to the way that uh, your molecules used to take. It's very simple. And if you, you have the right image, you can, you can, uh, you can change your your attitude because when the, the issue is that we agree now that uh, we agree <laughs> we um, we suppose that uh, there is a direct uh, connection between uh, molecules and uh, emotions so uh, we should think that if molecules have two directions and can go either to life or, or death, our, our emotions also can take us either to life or death. So uh, I think that we have the ability to change by changing our emotions 
to change these patterns that are being engraved in our brain. Okay, well, that that's a, a bit of a quantum leap there. Uh, let's go back a bit when yeah. we're talking about the the uh, connection between the molecules and the emotion. I know Candace Pert has certainly um, talked about um, the the uh, uh, molecular basis of emotion. Um, yeah. How how is it mediated? How does the molecule change? in response to an emotion is it i mean if you go back to the the uh, i don't know secretion of adrenaline or hormones or something those are still um responding to emotion how does that actually work what i think is that uh, every molecule as we said is a wave is a packet of waves and these waves are, the number of these waves are infinite. And um, I believe that what we call emotion is this part of, of matter that is located, if I can say, at the very high level uh, waves. Which, sort of the waves that permeate the universe, like like the the the, the quantum. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking universal about mind. Matter. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the packet waves of matter. Mm-hmm. They they are enormous, and and what makes the difference between them is the electronic density connected to these waves. But they are infinite in number. And matter is, is like a spread of this infinite number. The, the density of matter is spread all over this infinite number of waves. Is it uh, clear now? It's a, a picture is starting to emerge. Um, th- this goes back to what you were saying of the, the sort of continuous nature of the the sort of wave soup in which we're living in. And so our packets of information are connected. It's like an aura around an individual where the aura extends out around the body. And so you mentioned an an experiment where uh, people were affected by the emotions of friends of their friends. Yeah, that's what uh, was written in the New Scientist. But uh, I do believe that uh, that uh, you can uh, transmit joy to someone sad, mm-hmm. and you can transmit sadness to 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 someone that is uh, coming to say hello, and he gets out and is totally uh, devastated, and and. It's not that you have bitten him or that you have said terrible things to him, but but the emotion has passed. So so the the underlying mechanism, if I'm understanding, and please correct me if I'm not understanding this correctly, is that we are essentially complex waveforms um, and our our matter 
is a, a small portion of our being. Most of our being really is um, vibratory and informational. And we are coextensive or permeating, interpenetrating the, um, the sort of waveform that, or, or wa- waves of energy that comprise the entire universe. Yeah. And, um, which would be one explanation for distance healing, for example, where people can actually send their thought packets to someone at a distance and affect their matter because of the coherence of the sending wave. So I'm sure that somehow coherence plays a major, major role in all of this. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, 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 you, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course. So anything that leads to an increase in coherence of a person's waveform, of a person's life force, of a person's energy would make that person more vibrant, more vital, and a more powerful transmitter is what I'm understanding from your book. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, therefore we have to be, and uh, uh, it is uh, very often said that we have to, to become uh, united in ourselves, yeah? We have to, to be centered. Centered, yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. probably why meditation is such a good practice, because it causes people to pull in their energies and center yeah, and they believe it makes their the, uh, part of their wave packets in a, in a constructive interference. Um, so, how uh, one of the things that uh, was a, a kind of a major breakthrough in our understanding or, of of this pos- these possibilities is quantum entanglement. Yeah. Um, can you explain what that is and how that feeds into it? This gets into uh, into quantum physics, and I am not a specialist in quantum mm-hmm. physics. So what I will say uh, is very, very uh, general. But uh, the issue is that uh, uh, quantum entanglement speaks about the fact that two particles that are very, very far apart are still connected. This is the bottom line of entanglement. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the problem is that this connection is so fast that they cannot send a signal, like, you know, maybe they send a signal that we wouldn't see. But it's, if it was, then it would, it would be faster than the, than the speed of light. So they have, uh, totally discarded this possibility. So they don't know how this connection is made. There is a connection. So that goes back to the the actual, the, the mystery of how information is transmitted. Um, this is something that, that I, I am trying to build a better picture of, the, the notion 
of information or what I would call consciousness, and in fact, what you call consciousness in the title of your book, um, and matter. Um, Do you do you feel that more and more people are accepting the notion of the consciousness of living matter? Uh, I must say here that this is not my title. However, I don't want to put uh, uh, any uh, any uh, the slightest reproach on my publishing house. <laughs> but, uh, what was the title you originally chose, Francoise? My title was What's the Matter with Your Molecules? <laughs> and they preferred molecular. I, 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 at the beginning, I was I didn't understand. And I think that what, the, what they meant is that this, these books give you more uh, consciousness of your own molecules. This is uh, what I think it, it, it means. Now, if you ask me about consciousness, I would say that our consciousness is our ability to grasp information. This is what our consciousness is. Mm-hmm. To grasp and manipulate information. To grasp, meaning not, not only to yeah. be trans, because we are all we are all uh, uh, based in a huge network of information, mm-hmm. but but our capacity to to uh, to understand it or to make something uh, make sense of it. Yeah, this is our uh, this is the, our consciousness to make order out of this. Molecular chaos. Mm-hmm. Order out and, of chaos. And become who we are, because we are we are the the, the creator of ourselves. After all, we we take whatever there is outside and we put it into to to make a new nose and because the old one is is going out and to make new new earring and a new feet. So so we are we are constructing ourselves all the time, but uh, uh, we believe that uh, we are stuck. I believe you are stuck with the color of your eyes and with your, your, your height and, and many things, but there are things that we, we can change. Well, you know, there are books coming out now that um, talk about actually changing our physiology through intent. And and through the application of uh, or changing our conscious state, uh, mm-hmm. this I I believe is the frontier of science and consciousness. I one of the descriptions that I found particularly convincing in your book, uh, and you you touched on it earlier, was when you think you think of of telephone signals or computer signals where at their foundation, they're all, you know, on and off, ones and zeros. It's binary information. And yet, out of these ones and zeros, which is effectively the equivalent of a waveform, which is up or down, um, you can capture um, 
millions of colors in, in pixels on your screen. And in fact, they even nowadays have three-dimensional printers where yeah. you can create three-dimensional objects in plastic. Yeah, well, this was long ago, actually. Out, yeah. out of, uh, you know, ones and zeros. So it's not such a stretch of the imagination to go from there to an, an understanding that we could be complex waveforms as well. Um, so, you know, I'm just throwing that out there for our listeners when you think we're getting too far down the rabbit hole. Where where do you think all of this new understanding is going, Francoise? Well, I I hope I hope that uh, we will have a new understanding of of ourselves and uh, of our matter and of our energy. And uh, I am, of course, not the only one who talks about it. Uh, I have uh, heard uh, recently the fantastic uh, lectures of uh, Bruce Lipton and uh, is very, very convincing. So I am not the only one in this field. And I believe that what we're going to do is hopefully um, uh, recreate our world uh, by understanding that uh, we are going to chaos and we can use all this energy that is uh, still us, still falling on us all the time, and and go there with another way, another way that goes to life. There was some quote that I meant to look up and I forgot to look up, and uh, it's some biblical quote that says, uh, you can choose life or death, so choose life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is connected. I mean, I mean, the the, the science tells you also if you want to be uh, healthy and if you want to uh, be happy, you, you you can, you can, and, and and if you choose these options, your body will respond. So it's really using this as a um, a yardstick and looking at each of your actions and saying, is this towards life or is this towards chaos? And I think it could be a very powerful way of organizing your life in a way that gives you the greatest quality. Have, have you experienced any difference in your life as a result of these um, studies? Well, uh I, uh, uh, as you said, uh, besides uh, my chemistry and uh, all the years I have uh, invested in studying and, and doing research, in parallel I have also, uh, uh, since, uh, since I met Colette after my PhD, I have also started in an inner journey, you know, too. So, uh, of course it changes my life, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, and and lately uh, I go to, uh, you know, it's not easy at each of your actions to say, do my molecules go this way? Or that? Of course you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you want to choose for the best, 
but they are schools. They are schools to teach you how to recognize the choice. Yes, well, it, it's gut instinct. What? Oh, no, no, they are schools. They are very, very good schools all, all over the world. They are very good ones in America. And all the ashrams and all the, in, the West, uh, Eastern uh, ways are also schools to teach you how to control your emotions. Oh, absolutely. And, and um, I'm, I'm to, uh, very, very well aware of them. What, what I found so um, interesting in your book was that it gives a scientific basis for understanding how um, the more spiritual practices can actually have a physical manifestation in our reality. And I guess it's the science nerd in me that um, enjoyed it so much. So I want to thank you for writing your book, uh, Francoise. I really enjoyed it, and I found it very, very um, intriguing and thought-provoking. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your concern and your interest. Do you have some kind of website? Are you following uh, up with with the book on the web? No, my website is your uh, is your website. <laughs> I have a page now on your website, so I will start from this. Very have- good. Very good. So if you go to NC Review and dot com and ask question or, or or give comments i will be very very pleased to uh, to look at it often and to reply as much as i can very good so um the uh you would click on community yeah. and look for francoise tibica that's f-r-a-n-c-o-i-s-e last name t-i-b-i-c-a i do believe you might be the only Francoise on the site, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I-K-A. I-K-A, right. Um, So, again, thank you very much for being with us, Francoise. It's been a delight. Thank you, Marianne. Good night. I hope you'll join us next week when our guest will be Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr. We'll be talking about his book, The Five Levels of Attachment. Don Miguel Jr. is on his way to becoming as wonderful a teacher as his very famous father. And now we're going to close with our track of the week. This is by Annette Cantor from her album Songs to the Goddess. And this track is an homage to the goddess Demeter.
was Songs to the Goddess by German-born Annette Cantor. Annette's musical meditations are inspired by sacred deities from around the world, and they focus on the universal Mother Earth. Her wordless vocalizing is accompanied by acclaimed New Age music pioneer C.G. Deuter. Annette trained as an opera singer in Vienna, and she's always been particularly drawn to the Gregorian chants of Hildegard von Bingen. For more information, visit her website at annettesings.com. A-N-N-E-T-T-E-S-I-N-G-S dot com. And I hope you'll visit our website at ncreview.com for more interviews, books and film reviews, videos, and leave your own reviews and comments. Well, that's it for our show today. So until next week, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.